Welcome to the Pharma Podcast, conversations with industry experts and business leaders about important and current topics in Canadian pharma, biotech, and medtech. I'm your host, Sam Tarantino. On this episode of the Pharma Podcast, my guest is Raj Indipuri, CEO of Clinical Solutions. Raj and I will explore the build versus buy pendulum. Should CROs buy technology capabilities or should they develop them in-house? Raj, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sam, for having me. I'm excited to be here uh, considering my background and uh, what we do at eClinical Solutions. So, hey, before we, we discuss the, the challenge, the build versus buy pendulum faced by CROs, uh, let's start by um, telling us about, uh, about yourself and, and eClinical Solutions. Yes. Uh, so I've been very fortunate to be in this industry on the life sciences space for uh, uh, for more, more than 24 years. And I started my career as a uh, clinical database developer, a programmer, and uh, helping uh, build databases or uh, trial databases and helping uh, with data acquisition and also helping different stakeholders extract value out of this data and uh, over the years i progressed my career uh, by working at uh, both service providers and also on the sponsor side on the biotech side so really fortunate to be in this space for a long time and uh, uh, more recently since 2012 so I've been one of the founders and the CEO of eClinical Solutions. And at eClinical, we provide both data services and software to solve several industries challenges, specifically the data challenges, and with the intent to help sponsors of the industry modernize clinical trials and help with the digitization efforts and to help with digital trials. So what are, help, help, define the the challenges CROs are facing with a the build versus buy pendulum as you, as you call it yeah uh, i think we all can agree that technology is a key enabler in terms of digitization or in terms of uh, conducting or managing modern clinical trials mm-hmm. and uh, CROs have been playing a very critical role uh, helping the industry over the past two decades or so or more than that uh, with research and we have seen with uh, COVID uh, this, uh, how incredible it was to uh, uh, that the industry was able to bring vaccines and also treatments at incredibly uh, short timelines, right? And uh, that again uh, demonstrates that they're bold new ways to expedite research and there are several lessons that we have learned uh, from the successes that we have seen from some of these companies bringing vaccines and treatments to help with the pandemic right so for CROs there is now in uh, significant pressure from uh, sponsors and other stakeholders, even regulatory bodies and everyone involved with research to reduce cycle time significantly, right? To expedite trials in general, uh, reduce inefficiencies because overall R&D cost for years and decades have been significantly high. And CROs are under immense pressure 
again, like I just said, to evolve and uh, reduce cycle times, be more efficient. And the only way that it's possible is by adopting more modern and advanced technologies and evolving uh, by leveraging more ways, uh, more new ways to do research. For our audience, would you mind defining a CRO? Some of our, some in our audience may not know what what CRO stands for and, and what they do. Yeah, definitely. CRO at high level is a clinical research organization, and uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, CRO plays a vital role helping overall the industry with clinical development. If I'm a smaller or maybe even larger companies, right? So companies chose to obviously keep the science, which is their core competency in-house, but often partner with service providers to different aspects of research or all parts of the clinical development. So uh, the CRS industry in general has been growing rapidly and has, uh, has been uh, playing a significant role in bringing uh, or helping industry, biotech and pharma and med device companies to bring therapies and treatments much faster. So what new demands, uh, challenges are, are we seeing in the life sciences uh, industry for, for CROs? That's a great question. So like I just mentioned, right? So there is significant pressure from uh, life sciences companies uh, requiring CROs to reduce the cycle times, right? in terms of the time it would take to build a database or uh, clean or uh, the data, right? I'm talking more from the data aspect of it, in terms of the uh, time needed to submit to regulatory bodies, right? And uh, and also, there's always cost pressures, right? So uh, for, e for years, the industry has been trying to eliminate inefficiencies with R&D, which has been uh, 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 quite expensive. So one of the reasons the CR industry has been rapidly growing is to provide more cost-efficient way to do research. Uh, and uh, there's always under pressure, again, to reduce costs and deliver at speed, right? So that, that actually leads to more pressure to CROs to evolve and again, take advantage of modern technologies to achieve these outcomes. Mm -hmm. So how are you solving some of this, uh, these data challenges? Yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, eClinical Solutions, we are a service and a software provider. On the software side, uh, we have a platform Illuminate. It's a data analytics platform, which enables you to bring data from any source, any structure, any format into one central hub, provides a very uh, seamless way to transform this raw data into something meaningful, whether it's for uh, insights, whether it's for cleaning, whether it's for standardization to support submission, right? It could be multiple use cases. So we have been helping clients, including CRS, to modernize the data infrastructure that will, in fact, help with the outcomes that I talked about earlier, whether it's reducing inefficiencies or reducing cycle times and overall reducing the costs that are that's needed to conduct and manage a clinical trial. Um, so how are CROs 
in your opinion, responding to the um, the increased variety of of data from from multiple sources? Yeah, another great question. So science has been groundbreaking, right? We can we have seen that with what happened with the pandemic and how the industry has responded. But over the past two decades or so, even though there was a lot of uh, innovation that has happened, a lot of tech companies that that actually are helping the industry or part of the industry, but there's not a lot of transformation that has happened, right? And and uh, oh, even before, even uh, before the pandemic, there was a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of investment that's happening in the industry to transform, and so th this transformation uh, required. Uh, uh, for companies to come up with modern data strategies that required companies to think about modern data technologies, right? And and at the same time, uh, files have been getting extremely complex and which was leading into uh, more and increased number of data sources being collected for by every trial. So with advancement in science, the complexity of trials being increased, the data problem continued to increase as well. And the only way for sponsors or CROs to solve this problem is to by modernizing the data infrastructure and also by investing in digital transformation initiatives. The challenge with CROs is uh, when compared to a sponsor is more complicated because when I'm a sponsor, when I'm a, when I'm a biotech company, I actually am dealing with data for X number of trials, right? There is some kind of standardization. It makes it a little bit easier to deal with the data pipeline and uh, the ingestion, mapping, and automation and analytics. But when I'm a C when if I'm a CRO, I I I would be uh, I'll be working with uh, multiple companies, and uh, even though there was a lot of progress that was made in the industry with standards adoption. There are always nuances and how research is done across sponsors or across companies. That adds additional complexity for CROs to deal with this diversity and the diversity of data becomes more complex and it's very challenging to deal with this unless you're adopting uh, modern technologies, which leads to whether you build internally or whether you buy or work with other partners and software providers. So let, let's talk about decentralized trials. Um, let's, uh, for the audience, maybe define um, a decentralized trial versus a centralized trial, and, and how are CROs responding to decentralized trials? Yeah. So this is something, a trend that we've been talking uh, for years. When you talk about decentralized trials, again, it's a different type of a model where you are bringing research to patients, right? Traditionally, when you talk about clinical trial, you actually have patients going to sites or hospitals, right? And that that adds a lot of com. Uh, it's it's inefficient in terms of whether it's cost, whether it's also an ability to do research uh, to do research efficiently, and also it's. It's inconvenient for patients at the end, right? So with decentralized trials, the whole idea is at a very higher level, 
bringing research to patients in a decentralized way or in a virtual way where in this model you are now collecting data directly from patients right uh, whether using devices or apps and other digital ways right it doesn't mean that the site or the role of the site is completely going away they plays they still play a huge role but in terms of how you collect monitor and manage your trial changes significantly because now you actually are having more direct interactions uh, with patients and an example again being in the decentralized trial model you would be collecting more and more data directly from patients using devices or apps these are connected devices right from the patients and that adds again increases the complexity in terms of how a crr would now have to deal with larger volumes of data and variety more variety of sources of data mm-hmm. so what are what are the advantages for cros um in buying technology uh platform versus you know developing them in house and what are the disadvantages so this is an interesting question right and uh, uh, this is just not at crs we get asked from the sponsors or perspective as well buy versus build but if i am a crr and i i'll separate into two segments right the mid size crs and the larger ones if it's a, if i am a mid size crr it makes absolutely no sense to build and in other words i don't think there are any advantages whatsoever to build and the reasons being uh similar to how science and research has become extremely complex software development and software delivery has become incredibly complex as well right there's significant advancements over the past few years on the software side and especially on the data analytics side uh that has happened and unless you actually it's it's unless it's your core competency it will be incredibly challenging to build software that is very efficient delightful to use and that scale right in other words over the past few years there's significant advancements made with cloud computing ai and machine learning uh in terms of rich user interfaces right so it requires significant r&d efforts right in an investment to build uh modern or advanced software to deal with the data problems that we have been talking about and the cost simply is so big from my perspective right it it for mid size crs it's i would say it's almost a non starter right and mm. and in terms of the advantage for these mid size crs right to partner with software providers is several right one with a significantly lower cost you are able to adapt or implement software and you could do it at your own pace you can always small start small in an agile way achieve value right and then grow two you don't need to be worried so much about innovating because as we have seen right research continue to evolve we talked earlier in terms of how expectations have changed whether it's stakeholders which is patients or whether it's regulatory bodies whether it's sponsors right so as trials continue to evolve 
you need to make sure you build capabilities and you continuously innovate right in some cases you should think you should be thinking ahead in terms of the anticipated problems right to build and uh, the software to solve this problems right so in this case just partnering with software providers makes it easier to not only deploy at a pace to extract value in an agile way but also helps you to uh, and also makes it future ready in terms of uh, making sure that you can actually get access to software right uh, to solve these problems that are going to only continue to get more and more complex right so overall um, it says here from my perspective i see no reason for to uh, build and there and whether it's cost whether it's speed whether it's faster time to value whether it's total co co cost of ownership right even if you can do an ROI model i think it's uh, it uh, the build would be almost uh, not and would be a non starter uh, internally and it's from our perspective it's advisable to buy on the other side if i'm actually actually a larger cro right i think uh, larger ceros they do have this core competency uh, on the it side right and uh, again on the software engineering or software development side to build some of these capabilities but again from our perspective right if i'm a larger cro your core competency is to help sponsors with research not about building software right so yeah. with that said i think you might have uh, you might be able to do it because of the resources you might you, you you have or you have access to but at the end of the day software engineering especially data engineering and analytics is is a complex uh, from my perspective a complex competency and uh, if you want to maximize your investment into into a technology whether it's uh, whether it's building or buying right if you are a large ceros you would be uh, achieving more roi right when you are partnering again for all similar reasons i mentioned earlier right so when you are partnering with the software provider from a software provider perspective that's their core competency right a software provider has a lot of expertise in product development product management engineering devops and everything right and last but not least if you are on the software provider side you would be building software with a mindset to solve the industry problems in a standardized way right in an interoperable way not as a closed systems but if you actually are a cro you might end up building software right that's not extensible that's not open that's kind of closed that would work only With your current infrastructure and current technology stack, which would be a big issue as you evolve, as you as you try to move towards more decentralized trials, as you try to collect more uh, more data, as you try to integrate with uh, more systems, it could get quite complex, and the cost of maintenance and managing that would be significantly higher when compared to partner with software providers and buy buying software. Recently, there have been some spin-offs of um, 
by CROs of, of technology companies. How do you how do you see that trend playing out? Yeah, so I think this goes back to the point I was just talking about, right? So if you're a CRO, of course, you might, especially larger ones, you might have these resources to invest into R&D or IT, right? Uh, but at the same time, that's not your core competency. Your core competency, again, helping with research, right? So I talked a lot about the need to have this skill set with product and engineering and DevOps, AI and ML, data sciences, right? To build this modern advanced data platforms and data analytics capabilities. But at the same time, culture plays a huge role as well. Mm-hmm. So if you are a CRO, so your mindset might be more around uh, from the financial perspective, right? Contribution margins, being efficient, right? And the culture would be around ensuring that you deliver consistently in a standardized way, right? So that uh, the CR is not only efficient from the financial aspect too, but also it helps their clients. Uh, when you talk about building software, right? The mindset and the culture needs to be different. You need to be able to take risks. You need to be able to experiment. You need to be able to do rapid prototyping, right? And you need to be able to be patient in terms of uh, 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 getting results, especially when you're solving complex problems, right? So the culture and the mindset uh, that's needed to building software is quite different. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we might have seen some of these recent trends where if you have a software organization as part of CRO, they are spinning them off so that you can create better value in these large CROs have uh, these business units operating independently rather than being operated under one umbrella. And like I said, the culture, uh, the mindset that's needed, uh, uh, the approach in terms of execution needed are quite different. So of course, it's not to say that a services company cannot have software uh, competencies, right? We do that, but again, it's just different. And and, uh, and I think what we have seen is by separating them out, they'll extract more value from each of these businesses rather than a combined business unit. So Raj, any, before we, uh, we conclude the, uh, the podcast, any, any final insights you can share that you want to share with the audience that I, maybe I, I, I didn't ask. Yeah. Uh, uh, thanks. Ek. And, uh, uh, and for, from my perspective, it's an incredibly exciting time, uh, for the industry. And, uh, I made a comment earlier in terms of, uh, how science has been groundbreaking. So we've seen for the first time, uh, the increased investments overall into science and technology now in our space. Our space is really humming right now, which is quite exciting to be part of. And uh, in terms of the topic today, in terms of CROs, I believe CROs will continue to play a huge role to help sponsors reduce the cycle times, uh, reduce inefficiencies with R&D, and at the same time, uh, help the sponsored organizations bring therapies and treatments faster. I'm super excited in terms of uh, some of the transformation initiatives that are going on across. 
you just touched about decentralized trials. There are a lot of other initiatives that are happening. I'm also super excited in terms of uh, the opportunity advance advancements with AI and ML to automate and uh, uh, to expedite research. So overall, it's an interest, it's an incredibly exciting time uh, for the industry. And uh, and if you are a CRO, I hope like you recognize technology is a key enabler to help transform your businesses and also be help the sponsor organizations to take advantage of these trends and the va implement valuable lessons we have, le we have learned over the past 18 months or so. Raj, thank you for being a guest on the Pharma Podcast and sharing your insight. Um, how can our listeners connect with you? Yeah, so uh, they can reach out to me on my email. It's just rindupuri at eclinicalsol.com. And also I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, if you can search on Raj Indipuri Clinical Solutions, I should be on LinkedIn as well. Thank you. Contact details for Raj are, are also available on our website at thepharmapodcast.ca. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this episode of the Pharma Podcast also marks the end of season two. Uh, a huge thank you to our listeners for making the Pharma Podcast such a huge success. Uh, season three will resume in September. The Pharma Podcast can be found on our website at thepharmapodcast.ca. The Pharma Podcast is also available to listen to for free on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast, and YouTube. Uh, thank you to our sound engineer, Errol Francis. Please subscribe and follow me on LinkedIn to stay up to date on future podcasts. If you would like to be a guest on this podcast, or if there is a topic we should cover in future podcasts, please connect with me via LinkedIn.